Hello and welcome to this week's Ruby Shoes podcast, bringing you the very best of local entertainment across East Anglia each and every week. In this week's episode, we chat to cast members from two great plays coming up this month. One is a classic with a very modern twist. The other is set in Suffolk and it will send chills right down your spine. Then I'll give you a flavour of a couple of shows coming up across the region you might just like to go to an experience for yourself. Plus, I've got a review of Whamfest, which came to Felixstowe last weekend. First, though, let's hear from Mike Noble. He's about to play Macbeth at the new Wolsey Theatre. Now, Macbeth comes to the Wolsey Theatre in Ipswich uh, literally from Tuesday the 17th to Saturday the 21st, so this month. And I'm delighted to be talking to... Mike Noble. He plays Macbeth and it's described as a visceral and contemporary new production of Macbeth that speaks to a world we find ourselves living in now and it's directed by Richard Twyman. So Mike, tell me more. This sounds a very different adaptation to the traditional Macbeth. Uh, hello, yes. Um, hopefully it is. We've, we've, we've had a real play around with the, uh, with the text and with the order of the scenes. I think it's uh, safe to say that um, just in order to try and make it exciting, I think, for audiences. Um, one of the things that me and Richard spoke about when we first met up was how everybody sort of knows what they're coming to see when they go to see Macbeth. They, you know, they, they know all the famous speeches. They know that they're going to see the witches at the beginning. And it kind of takes away the element of fear and excitement and surprise. And so we've tried to add that back in um, because we think that that's what Shakespeare was trying to do is that, you know, the audiences would have been terrified to see witches on the stage. And, um, yeah, we're trying to create that element of suspense that would have been in the original productions that's maybe lost due to its uh, infamy. Mm, sounds very intriguing. Is it the first time you've played Macbeth or have you done this um, before, either with the English touring company or just, you know, anyway, independently? This, this is my first time playing Macbeth and uh, first time for English touring theatre. Um, I've worked with them before on other productions, but this is actually my first time doing Shakespeare professionally. Uh, I, I studied at a drama school and uh, did a fair amount of it then, but I've never had an opportunity to play any Shakespeare part. So uh, it's a real treat to get to play one of the biggest ones. Yeah, this must be really exciting for you. Um, and does it differ, you know, that the actually learning the scripts? I would imagine it's the same, but obviously you've... you've I don't want to give too much away, you see, to the, to the audience. You've got to come and see it. But um, is, it, is it harder to learn because it's Shakespeare? I actually, yes, I found it much harder to learn. Um, I've never really had to learn lines before, I don't think. They, they sort of just go in. It's just a part of the process as you go into rehearsals. And then suddenly one day you realise you put the script down and you sort of know it. Whereas with this... Yeah, right up until maybe our first rehearsal, I was still calling for lines and trying to figure it out. It's just a very different beast when it comes to learning and performing it. Um, but it's great. I've absolutely loved having to use my brain in that way and, and sort of uh, pivot in order to, to get the, the in. Oh, definitely. And do you think maybe there's more pressure as well because it's Shakespeare and it is such a big thing? And as you say, people kind of know Macbeth or they think they know it. I know you're going to put a, a difference, um, a very different slant on it. But at the same time, there is that kind of pressure. You think, you know, you know that they, they sort of know or they think they know what's coming. So, so you've almost got that pressure of 
absolutely. absolutely on your metal. You know, you can't think, oh, I went, I went off there and I'll come back in a minute. You can't. You've got to sort of kind of stick to it, really, stick to the well, storyline. Although a funny thing does happen, I mean, in that, in those early days when you're, you're sort of figuring it out, where you, you will kind of ad-lib, you'll lose your way and then you'll find your way back in. And you still do it in the iambic pentameter and you start to sort of improvise in Shakespeare's language, which... Um, I don't do any more, thankfully. I've, I've, I've got it all nailed down. But I think there's an enormous pressure there as well, which just comes with doing classical texting that we think we know how it's supposed to be done. Or for me anyway, as, a, as an actor, I've always felt like um, it's a bit of a secret. It's something that other people can do really well, and it's maybe not my forte. And what I've found from doing it is that that's not the case. You just have to learn the rules, and once you know the rules, you can play with them. Um, and actually everyone's version of Shakespeare is going to be different and it should be totally accessible for all, for all audiences and for all actors to be able to speak and listen to and understand this uh, this brilliant poetry. Oh, definitely. And it does make it more accessible, as you say, because you, you're bringing in a whole new, brand new audience, um, a, a younger audience sometimes, sometimes an older audience that have either seen the traditional version, but years ago, maybe even back at school days and think, oh, well, you know, I'll give this a try because it is so modern. It's so different. Um, and I think we kind of owe it to Shakespeare to, to do that and keep moving it forward. And I'm sure he would be absolutely delighted to know oh, I- that, you know, this is still this legacy still goes on completely agree with you i think it's essential to keep moving it forward then like these these plays aren't supposed to be museum pieces in any way Uh, and the reason that they've endured is that they speak to all times um over the last you know four or five hundred years they've they've continued to speak to a million different political situations and personal situations and they continue to do so and it's just our job to mine the play and and find out what it is that's speaking to the very present. Wonderful. So while you're doing this, are you staying here in Suffolk? Are you commuting? Just being a bit nosy, really, Mike? I'm staying in Suffolk. I've got a lovely little flat for the week. Uh, I'm really excited to get into. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm excited to spend a week in Ipswich. I know Suffolk quite well. I've worked before in Halesworth. There used to be... um, The High Tide Festival. Oh, the High Tide Festival. Yes, of course. Yeah, and I brought a play that one of the first plays I ever did in maybe about 2011. Uh, and yeah, we had a, we had a fortnight there. We had a, a really great time performing in the Art Centre. Oh, wow. Well, you're right in the middle of things if you're going to be staying in Ipswich, so plenty to see and do there. Sorry that the weather's not great for you, but, you know, <laughs> you'll have to come back in the summer, look, and explore a bit more of Suffolk. Definitely, definitely will. Thank you so much for your time today, Mike. And um, I hope it all goes fantastically well for you. I'm sure it will. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing it. And thanks for, thanks for your time today. Thanks for having us, Steph. You take care. Now, at the end of last week, I was invited along to the launch of WAMFest. You might recall in an earlier episode on my chat with the organiser, Laura Log. WAMFest stands for Women in Art and Music, and it showcased last weekend a variety of entertainment by women, and it was held in Phoenixstowe. The launch featured Nazim Malou, who you can hear in the background, plus Evie White, Hannah and Oscar, Red Kappa and Vicky Platt, Brooke Telling, and also Lauren Jennifer.
Well done to Laura for organising not only the launch on the Friday night, but actually all of the brilliant acts ranging from music through to literary events and even workshops throughout the Saturday, including Music in Our Bones, which was a singing workshop, and the Sam Boomba Band too. If you did miss it, there is still an art exhibition going on at Illuminate. It's called Empower and that's on until the 26th of October. Now, I also caught up recently with the cast of a brand new play. I hinted at it in the last Ruby Shoes podcast. It's written by Joanna Carrick and it's called The Ungodly. And I played the trailer too. If you missed it, here it is again. And then we'll find out more from the members of the cast. Have a listen. Missly, 1645. The darkest truths can only be the work of Satan. Ungodly is being put on by the Red Rose Chain Theatre, perfect in time for Halloween. Going to find out a lot more now because I'm being joined by Vincent Moisey, Ray Mordew, and also Christopher Ashman and Nadia Jackson. So welcome to all four of you. Hello. 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 Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Now, Vincent, if I can start with you first of all, this is a new play by Joanna Carrick. Uh, it's on from the 24th of October through to the 11th of November. Tell us first of all, Vincent, where the play will be set. So it's set in Missley, Manningtree and Lawford, which are little towns around the uh, Suffolk area where Matthew Hopkins grew up and where a lot of the witch trials took place. Okay, and there's a lot of history there as well, isn't there? And I mean, I've I've played the trailer on our last episode, and the trailer alone is spooky enough. <laughs> Literally sets the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. So, Ray, tell us a bit about the story and also the character that you play. Yeah, so it follows Matthew Hopkins from when he was young, and then right through to him deciding to become the Witchfinder General and sort of the people around him and how it affects them, his journey. Uh, I play a character called Rebecca West, who is one of the people who was accused of witchcraft. And yeah, she has to make some tough decisions. Eventually she, oh, is it spoilers to say what <laughs> She um, ends up sort of dobbing in the people close to her so that she can be freed. Oh, yeah. Don't tell us too much, Ray. But you're right, because it, it, the whole story uh, explores the reality of good people being drawn into a movement which persuades them to do terrible things. And then it kind of draws parallels with the the world that we live in today, doesn't it, basically? And isn't there a, a lot about how um, Matthew Hopkins, because obviously, he, you know, everyone's oh, terrible, terrible man, witch funder general, but he actually had a lot of personal things happen to him. And there's sort of a, a thought that maybe some of that had the effect on him or, or the you know the thought was perhaps that's what happened to him and that's why he became the witch finder general would you would you agree with that yeah absolutely and I think as we find with a lot of like what we consider to be modern villains is they're as much a product of their nurture as they are of their nature so uh, yeah matthew's exactly the same he had uh, quite difficult parents and difficult childhood and i think that's evident in the production that we're trying to put on so I can't go and say too much, that's why I take it to find out more. But I think it's clear from what we're trying to achieve with this that he's very much a product of his heritage. 
Oh, definitely. And I just think it's a really interesting slant that uh, Joanna Carrick has come up with to write this new play. It's going to be performed at the Avenue Theatre, which is basically your your home, your creative hub there for Red Rose Chain, uh, right in the centre of, of Ipswich. Christopher, you've worked with Red Rose in the past. Tell us about your part in The Ungodly. Uh, yeah, so I, I play uh, Richard Edwards, and he is one of a couple, and he is well. He falls into being the landowner of sorts around Manningtree, Missley, and Dedham, and runs Missley Farm, and sort of becomes kind of um, Matthew Hopkins's older step brother by marriage, but is more really a kind of a paternal figure. And it's he kind of represents in the story kind of like a sort of an everyday person and how an everyday person can be affected by something quite extreme uh, in this case, Matthew Hopkins. Yeah. Oh, sounds absolutely fascinating. Nadia, I want to come to you as well. Now, this is your first time performing as Red Rose. Are you also new to Suffolk or are you a local person? No, I'm entirely new um, to the area. So I um, am normally based in London. So this is my first time being in Ipswich, which is really exciting. Um, And it's nice to be welcomed into a very established um, theatre company and family as well of everyone who's already worked together many times. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm entirely new to the area. It's really interesting finding out the history of the area along with uh, all of this work on the play. The other day we did a um, sort of a field trip of all of the locations that are mentioned in the play. So it was a really nice way of me to see the area for the first time as well. That's a really good idea because for a lot of us uh, actually hearing about this play and then being able to see it, it will conjure up all sorts of um, images instantly because we know all of the places that you've mentioned, mm-hmm. but for you, it, they're all brand new. So lovely that you can literally picture those places now because you've literally visited them. And um, what what do you think of Suffolk so far, Nadia? I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's really, really nice. I feel very welcomed into the area. Uh, the main thing for me is learning how to do the accent for the show. <laughs> uh, but we've been getting in a lot of local friends um, and family to, to help us all out with, with the accent. Um, so, so our characters feel authentic. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very welcoming environment. It's quite a stark contrast uh, from London, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, you've only got to talk to Ray Fines, haven't you? He's uh, yeah. a lot of work with the dig, but he did it very well. And it's quite a difficult accent, actually, to get. I don't know how broad it's got to be. There's lots of different variations within Suffolk. So I think you'll be fine, Nadia. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah, we've, um, we've noticed with the characters that some characters are a lot broader in their accent than others. Uh, so it's finding the nuance that fits the character um, as well, yeah. Very much so. And Vincent, if I can come back to you, how are the rehearsals going? And I want to know about your character as well, please. Uh, Rehearsals are going great. Obviously, we're dealing with quite heavy subject matter. So the ups and downs, I would say, in terms of the the energy and the mood shifting in the rehearsal room, which I think is necessary for this kind of work. And yeah, uh, my character, what do you want to know? (laughs) (laughs) Is it a nice character? Is it... um... Is it one that the audience is going to hate? You know, how, how do you feel about your character? Uh, 
I can't, I, I can't see Matthew Hopkins as a villain or as being evil because otherwise it's just not going to be truthful to how he felt about himself and how he felt about the work that he was doing as well. So I think it's really important. Whenever That's very interesting. Yeah, well, absolutely, because villains don't think of themselves as villains, and so you need to approach the character from a truthful place, and you have to find their objective and find the reasons as to why they're doing what they're doing. And obviously for Matthew Hopkins, it's this feeling of, of his world being invaded by the devil and by uh, demons and witchcraft, and he has this calling to try and purge the local area of all of this evil doings. And so yeah, that's very much a uh, sort of a godly endeavor. And I think that's what he sees in himself as like the sort of worker for God. And that in turn makes him a bit of a hero in his own eyes. And I think that's really important when you approach him. Oh, very much so. What an interesting perspective. I hadn't actually thought about that, but you're dead right. Now, as I said before, this is going to be performed at the Avenue Theatre. It's the home of the Red Rose chain, right in the centre of Ipswich, in the grounds of Gipswick Hall, which is that lovely Grade 2 listed Tudor building. Um, But it's actually the avenue you, you've got this kind of the new bit isn't it really and it's it's fabulous how are you going to uh, change that lovely kind of welcoming creative space into something that's clearly quite dark and, and spooky ready for this fantastic play the ungodly well hopefully our performances will do all of that <laughs> but obviously we've got um our own performances and the atmosphere that we can create the set we think so far i don't want to go into too many details because you know uh, come and watch it and experience it but we've kind of built the set as this kind of um close sort of or almost sort of invasion of personal space so to speak um but when we do the tech uh, we'll get a lot of things like uh, lighting and atmosphere and uh, the way that we're going to dress the room. I think that'll do a lot of the work for us. But yeah, I think a lot of people already know what Matthew Hopkins is and what he did. And I think in many ways that's scary enough in and of itself. I think you're dead right, definitely. Thank you, all of you. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Can't wait to see the production itself. How can people get hold of tickets? Who wants to say? <laughs> well, you can't get, well, Ray. Yes, um, you can go to redrosechain.com to book tickets, or you can phone our box office. <laughs> and the number, no, no rush, <laughs> 603388. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Now, with this time of year and Halloween so close, you won't be surprised to know that there's not just one, but two plays coming up in East Anglia about Dracula. Dracula, the Bloody Truth comes to the Woolsey Theatre from the 31st of October through to the 4th of November. Stop what you're doing, they say, and read this very carefully. Your life may depend on it. This critically acclaimed five-star actually multi-five-star awarded hilarious comedy will be presented by Professor Abraham Van Helsing and his three idiotic actors as they stage a life-changing theatrical production surrounding the true events of Dracula. Will they pull it off? It's highly unlikely. With four actors playing over 40 characters and directed by one of the UK's most exciting comedy directors, John Nicholson, Dracula the Bloody Truth will make you die laughing, they say.
and you probably heard producer Ruby in the background then. She does like to make her entrance every now and again. Now, Dracula flies over the Madder Market Theatre in Norwich from the 7th to the 11th of November. Uh, this melodramatic retelling of Bram Stoker's well-known gothic tale aims to thrill, excite and entertain in equal measure. Dr. Seward is the director of a sanatorium. Her niece, Lucy, has, however, fallen strangely ill. She's weak, pale and suffers from strange nightmares. Though she seems to have moments of recovery, her condition is grave. Her aunt and her fiancé are desperately worried for her, especially as her close friend Mina, who displayed the same symptoms, has recently died. We'll be hearing more from the cast in next week's episode of Ruby Shoes Podcast. Now, if you're part of a theatre or planning an event and you'd like to be featured on the Ruby Shoes Podcast, get in touch with us via our socials, Ruby Shoes Podcast. Tell us a little bit about you and what you've got planned and you could well be one of our featured guests on a future episode. Coming up this month, you might also like to know about this play, which caught my eye. It opens tomorrow night at the Key Theatre in Sudbury, and it's called What's Your Poison? William Palmer is a respectable member of the medical profession, so why do so many people around him suddenly die? This new play is about a real-life 19th century doctor, and it's seen from both the atmospheric Victorian perspective and also a contemporary view, and it delivers a delicious final twist. It's all done by the Rumpus Theatre Company. Now, finally, talking of scary, if you're a fan of SAS Who Dares Wins, you might like to catch Billy Billingham, MBE, QCB. He's as tough as they come. Chief instructor on Channel 4's SAS Who Dares Wins. He's a paratrooper, decorated SAS leader and a bodyguard to Hollywood superstars. Billy has seen extreme combat and gruelling missions aplenty. Spent an extraordinary evening with him as he shares his incredible inspirational story. He's appearing at the Ipswich Regent Theatre on Wednesday, the 1st of November. Now, next week, we'll have the first part of our Ruby Shoes Halloween special podcast with a new guest reviewer to introduce you to. That's all for now. I'm Steph McIntyre. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ruby Shoes podcast. Hope you can join us next week and do check out our socials in the meantime. It's at Ruby Shoes podcast. You have a great week, won't you?